Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Good. Uh, I have to give Crow some credit. You got us on to, well, at least you filled out the application to get us on to iHeartRadio. Yep, they haven't responded yet, but they will. They haven't, but guess what I got in our show email? <laughs> I got a thing from Mike Bloomberg wanting to do advertising on the podcast. <laughs> You're kidding me. They were going to pay us to put advertising. What? <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. And that I, dude is spending so much money. I know, and they just they pop up everywhere. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, you know, I I think I mentioned this before, but he even shows up on, like, uh, you know, I used to have YouTube Red where you you paid just not to have advertising, but I got annoyed with what the bullshit they were pulling, so I stopped paying for him. But so I I get ads every so often, but a lot of the content I watch doesn't isn't advertiser friendly anyway, so you don't have to worry about it. But some of it is, and uh, every time it's Bloomberg, and it's and it's just like nonstop it's Bloomberg that's all it is and then on Hulu um, you can't well I mean you can pay not to have ads in Hulu too but um, I don't and sometimes you get which one which are the ones that let you skip ads after a while I don't know I just have Netflix I think I think it's YouTube that lets you yeah YouTube I believe will let you skip an ad Hulu doesn't. You have to sit there and do the whole fucking Bloomberg ad. But YouTube will let you skip some ads. Like, yeah, after five, yeah, after like five seconds or ten seconds, they go, you, you can skip this ad. None of the Bloomberg ads are skippable. Right, because he pays more. He pays for the full, yeah, for the full shebang, which really makes me hate the guy more. Do you think he's just going to turn a bunch of people off? They're like going to be, oh, this fucking guy. Well, I mean, the right, obviously, is just because, you know, because he's a shit. But the left is even because they've been talking nonstop about hating the rich. And he's buying his position here. So, I mean, you can't. That's pretty blatant what he's doing. Yeah, but we talked about it before. If he wins, they won't care. No. They won't care that he's a rich Any, Anything to try to get rid of Trump. Yeah. Yeah. But so did you say yes? No. I'll take some Bloomberg ads. <laughs> I'll take some Bloomberg dough. No, and it was a it was a decent chunk of money, too. But I just was like, eh, we don't need it. Hmm. I didn't want to support that shit. Well, I got uh, an email from rep- my representative, Elon Omar. Oh, the one you voted for? <laughs> yeah. Sure. She got elected. You voted for her. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about her, about the, the, her, how her husband found out she was cheating on him? I heard some rumor he that, walked in on yeah, her. Yeah, he walked in on her and Tim in their underwear and their pajamas, watching like Netflixing and chill, chilling. Netflix and chilling. <laughs> I thought Netflix and chill meant having sex. Yeah. So they were actually watching Netflix and actually Well, chilling. they were probably either pre- or post-coital. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Didn't he move out of the country, though? I don't think so. I think he's still here. What I don't get is she moved the brother, out. The brother did. The brother she, she married did. She moved out of the state. Like, she doesn't. She's living in D.C. right her now. Her kids aren't enrolled here. Yeah. But do you remember there was, uh, I think it's District 2 up by Duluth? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's 8. I can't remember. So the Duluth one, uh, so north hmm. eastern Minnesota, that the Arrowhead they call it. Um, there was a guy, uh, Jim Oberstar, who'd been there forever, 
And he lost to a guy about 10, 15 years ago named Chip Kravak, who was a former uh, like Marine or Navy pilot, Republican. Well, Chip moved. He kind of, when he was serving his two-year term, he moved someplace out of state. And they basically ran him out of the office because they said, well, he doesn't even live here. So how the hell does Ilhan Omar still get to be the be the rep for that area? Well, I mean, the answer is because it's so heavily Democrat that they'll never vote right. her up. But our kids are enrolled in D.C. schools. Yeah. That's pretty blatant. Well, everything everything that she does is pretty blatant and in your face, and she knows it's just there's no repercussions for it. So she just continues to do whatever the fuck she wants. Well, and the funny thing is, and, and AOC is doing the same thing, so... AOC is worried, though, about her seat. I don't think she is. Really? Um, and the reason I don't think she is is she and Omar are getting so much money from outside sources. Like uh, AOC, they talk about there's 12 people who are going to primary her. And there's a couple, I think, that could beat her. And she only got like 17,000 votes in her previous primary. Right. She's calling for uh, four times the turnout. She's trying to – so she can overwhelm it and win. But she's got like just over $5 million to spend. Because she's had so many people contribute. Wasn't there something about they're trying to redistrict, too, so that basically redistrict her out of a seat, too? Well, if she does, it'll be because Republicans did it. Of course. You know, yeah. not in power in New York, but they'll do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so they think that she's just going to have an overwhelming amount of money. Hmm. But with Omar, she's getting the same thing. She's getting all sorts of money from all across the country, which she doesn't need. So she's throwing it to other campaigns. This is why I think we need even more campaign finance reform. Just this idea that you can become a national figure in a in a state office and then take the money. I don't begrudge them getting money from outside of the state. I mean, how can you really stop that? But giving money to other candidates? So That's supposed to be for you, for your campaign. Yeah, yeah that shouldn't be allowed. It really if, they, if they're if they're so strict about the five hundred one Cs and all that kind of stuff, they should be strict about that. Oh, but too. that that didn't happen. Oh, Lois Lerner did not target no. uh, conservative five hundred one Cs that were no, trying to get Republicans. That was just a couple of agents uh, in Cincinnati. Well, you know, she got to retire with full pension, so obviously there was no one there there, right? Yeah, she had nothing to do with this, but I plead the fifth. Mm-hmm. You know, and Trey Gowdy said uh, he said you can't testify and then plead the fifth. Yeah. So. We got off a little track here. Yeah. What do you have? Well, I got a message from one of our listeners. and Mike Bloomberg wants what's best for you. Mike will give everyone health care because it's a human right. Mike will work with Congress to protect our kids from guns uh, because safe schools are everyone's priority. Mike built a large corporation in his own two hands, creating jobs for 20,000 people. He fixed a broken city back up after 9-11, the most diverse city in the world. Better jobs. Better schools and better lives for everyone. Mike will do it because Mike Bloomberg gets things done. Cha-ching! Gotta add that. I wish I had that sound effect. <laughs> I don't know how we that Mike. Got, we just got paid. I don't know bitch. how that Mike Bloomberg ad snuck in there. Oh, okay. More money, more money, <laughs> more money. <laughs> All right. So, what were you gonna say? Um, so, one of our listeners sent me uh, before our last show sent me um, information on this. Minneapolis mayor and the St. Paul mayor are hiring thugs, like quote unquote former criminals, to be um, policy. Why you gotta be so racist? Yeah, po- policy advisors for them. Um, so, like this story here from the Star Tribune, uh, policy fellow for Minneapolis Mayor Fry, voice for criminal justice reform, was charged with gun and drugs. Uh, his name is Keegan 
Roland. I don't even. I can't even pronounce his last name. Rolink, R O L E N C, Rolink. Okay. Has been an influential voice on criminal justice reform. I'm sure he has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so the the listener that wrote in said, you know, these guys are getting these positions to basically make it easier for them to commit their crime, like or to you know to be in criminal enterprise. So well, that's not why they're getting a position. No, but they are are committing crimes as they're. Right. Making poli- or helping form policy about how the police deal with criminals. Right. And so they're obviously these guys have a vested interest into making it easier for them to do their cr- criminal enterprises. Mm-hmm. And so they get hired on by these dipshit fucking cucks that want to vir- virtue signal. And what's the St. Paul? He's just as bad. Uh, Melvin Carter. Yeah. So these virtue signalers that want to, you know. Go look! Look what I'm doing! Isn't this beautiful? What I'm doing? I'm I'm, take, I'm, I'm taking these poor, um, you know, the system, the system. When it's these guys, and and they're just enterprising young men. And if they, you know, if, if we give them a platform and we give them, um, give them the um, the trust that they won't betray it, they'll 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 step up and they'll do the job and it'll be awesome. Well, no, they they do what they fucking do. Well, I'm not opposed to taking people who've you know been in prison. You know, I'm talking about nonviolent crimes here, and and I consider selling drugs to be one of those nonviolent crimes. Someone who's grown up in a bad situation or whatever and has been in jail a couple times and saying, all right, look, we're going to give you a chance to turn your life around here. Um, let's give you a very minor job here. See if you can do that. You can work your way up. Don't, don't take someone who's been busted, I think, for trafficking drugs and – Put him as a liaison with dealing with the police department well, on behalf better, of the city. Who better than somebody that knew? Um, I can name probably most of the state would be better. So a policy fellow for Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, whose story of incarceration helped influence criminal justice reform in recent years, has been charged with selling drugs and illegally possessing a gun. Police say they pulled over 28-year-old Keegan Ronk for running a stop sign late Sunday and searched his car after smelling marijuana. They found 40.6 grams of cocaine, $2,200, and a loaded 9mm handgun in his back in a backpack, according to charges filed in Hennepin County. And the, the gun wasn't registered to him, was it? I don't believe so. Police also found... Yeah, he can't... He's a felon. You can't have a gun. Yeah. Uh, police also found a digital scale and a notebook with a list of handwritten names under the title, Oh Me. <laughs> According to the complaint, Ronk has been working 30 hours a week for Fry since January, making $15 per hour on policy issues related to economic inclusion and real estate. Well, he's, been, he's been basically broke then. You know. He is suspended pending outcome of the case. Uh, that $15, he, yeah, he was glad to take that $15 an hour. He's like... It, 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 He's like, oh, all these other, all these other people are are getting, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year. I'll take that fifteen because I, I I care so much about criminal justice reform. So okay, he's not making a ton of money. He's making twenty three, twenty four thousand bucks. So why wouldn't he go back to dealing drugs? Exactly. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? My question is, why did we give this guy that job? You know, why why does why do you put him in charge of that? Well, here's what Fry said. I was gutted, totally gutted. If the allegations are true, the disappointment is cavernous. What the fuck? Dumb word to use. Rolk is facing three felony charges and a violation of probation. He posted bail Tuesday. 
In an interview Tuesday, he maintained his innocent. I'll be waiting for my due process and my day in court for the facts to come out, he said. Um, yeah, so, uh, oh, here we go. Well, <laughs> you know what's funny? I have heard that, uh, you know, the cops, they'll they'll carry a dummy scale around with them once in a while. So they'll, like, distract you, and then they'll just drop the scale right there mm. and be like, oh, you dropped this, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cops do that all the time. There's, I watch TV shows. There's more to this, but it basically it's 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 bullshit. Oh, oh, I can't even get into this. But then St. Paul has the same deal. This guy wasn't charged with anything yet. St. Paul's new director. This was when was this posted? I don't have a date here. No date on it. St. Paul's new director of community first pub, community first public safety safety initiatives knows the streets firsthand. Jason Soul. Uh, says he saw way too much growing up Chicago South Side. Without warning, classmates would be permanently gone from school. Fifth grade, his friend killed her father to stop his attack on her mother. In sixth grade, a girl died in an asthma attack. In eighth, okay, that's random. In eighth grade, a boy in a basketball team who everyone looked up to was killed due to gang violence, and that was only the beginning. Trauma upon trauma upon trauma. Soul said recently in St. Paul, it was like we were dying and nobody seemed to care, but we had a glimmers of hope. Uh, one glimmer. For Seoul was Chicago's first black mayor, Harold Washington. Now, decades later, Seoul is working for St. Paul's first black mayor, Melvin Carter. Carter hired Seoul to be his director of Community First Public Safety Initiatives. Seoul, 39, says he brings his experiences and academic expertise to the job he started in March. As a teen, he joined a gang in Chicago, became a leader in it, and sold drugs. He moved to Missoni at age 18 and later wound up in prison, but he came out of it determined to find a different path. He earned his bachelor's and master's degree and written his dissertation as and written his dissertation as he works towards his doctorate in criminal justice. He's been an employee and nonprofit in St. Paul, Minneapolis, and been a criminal justice professor for nine years. Sol has also been a vocal critic of police, including a protest after officer-involved shooting, including protests uh, after officer-involved shootings. He re- resigned as president of the Minneapolis NAACP to take his new job in St. Paul. Um, so, okay, sure. This guy might be one of those that you're talking about. That yeah is uh is uh, working towards trying to uh, make up for his he unfucked his life yeah but he's trying to basically make it he's trying to gut the police force at this point i mean he's trying to make it easier for criminals to be criminals it sounds like well because the only reason we have criminals is because we have cops yeah you so, know that's that's what i learned from watching avengers endgame the more superheroes you have the more super villains you're going to get well, you know, I mean, a lot of the uh, there's been a lot of push lately to get cops to get less police presence in these neighborhoods because that I guess that makes things worse, makes criminals, it makes more criminals when there's more police. I, I don't get it, but there's a push to get not just diversify the police force, just to get police completely out. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what good is that going to be? Well, because you know, police there there's no doubt that they have uh I mean they're basically just a gang. Yeah. Right? I mean there's no doubt that they have uh um un uh unevenly used their power on uh to exploit minorities and So what's the difference? You have so if you if you have one gang replace another gang, what's the difference? So, so the Popo are one gang and if they're gone, then just be another gang in there and maybe that gang is more uh Yeah, we'll just you know, we'll let uh, local warlord run the city of Minneapolis. Basically that's the attitude. Yeah, that'll be good for everybody. Mm-hmm. I just I want someone to show me where reducing the police forces work. Maybe it's happened. It doesn't seem to me like it would, but where has that worked? It hasn't worked in Cleveland and Baltimore and Detroit and places like that. 
Where has yeah. it worked? Yep. So. Oh, yeah, this is a whole kind of a glowing article about how great this guy is. But while he tries to destroy the law and order and the and policing and basically make it so that, uh, you know, people get pissed off because you got criminals going in, revolving door is what they call it, where you go in and then they come right back out the same day. They go back in, they come right back. There's no lasting consequences. And then they find that person ends up committing murder or something. And they go, well, what happened? We had this extensive criminal record, but it was a revolving door. And they want more of that? Or they want—they don't even want the revolving door. They don't even want him picked up. They don't even want him charged at this point. Did you hear that Bill de Blasio finally admitted that getting rid of cash bail was probably not a good thing? No. It, it, yeah, it, I can't remember. That where. was stupid. That is a stupid thing. Yeah, so they got rid of that, and there was, uh, there was a guy who's been arrested 139 times who basically said that uh, non-cash bail is dope. He goes, because, you know, he, he goes, cops can't do anything to him. Yeah. And uh, he, de Blasio was being interviewed for some podcast, and they said, well, crime's up like 50% or I'm, I'm making a number up because I can't remember what it was, but it was up right. significantly. And he goes, well, yeah, you know, there are many factors, but we do have to admit that non-cash bail sort of, you know, was probably an accelerant kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, anybody who thinks about it would know that that's not a good idea. But it's fair. Well. Because then, because then only rich people can boast bail. No, that's not how that works. You can post bail if you're not rich, but you have to get a bail bondsman. You have to do all kinds of work, and it's got to be – it's like voting. Voting shouldn't be fucking easy. You shouldn't have somebody deliver um, the, the the voting card to you on a platter, a silver platter, and say, you know, um, oh, do you, do, you need it to, do you need it read to you before you vote? Mike Bloomberg is smart. Mike knows things. He will use that knowledge to make the United States of America a better place. Mike knows that we can do better. Mike wants to raise us up above the partisan bickering we are seeing in our great nation. Mike can get us back on track, just like he did with New York after 9-11. Mike is the best candidate to take on Trump and win. Win for America. Mike will work hard for, to make your life better. He knows he can do it, and he wants your help. Cha-ching! <laughs> Money, 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 yo. It's like those ads just pop in there. That's weird. Yeah. You know? It's weird. All right. Uh, did you hear Barack Obama is taking credit for... Uh, the economy? Yeah, but it's not... So I saw somebody on Facebook uh, arguing about this, and I'll, I got to admit, I was wrong on this. They, they said, uh, oh, you know, Obama's economy was better. He was adding more jobs in his last three years than Trump has added in his first three years. And I'm like... Okay, yeah, there were part-time jobs for the most part, but I'll take a look. And damn if it wasn't true. Obama added way more jobs than uh, than Trump did in his first three years. However, you kind of got to take out the five years before that. And I realize we're going into a recession and everything. Um, we're coming out of one. And uh, so, you know, Obama's, you're not going to blame him for the first couple of years of recession. Fine. Uh, but even then, it is the slowest growth the country's ever seen. It's a new normal. Post-recession anywhere. Right. He went on and on about how... Shovel-ready is not as shovel-ready as she yep. is. He laughed about that. That's like he how, said, we're going to have all these shovel-ready jobs. And then he kind of laughed about, well, that didn't, that didn't uh, uh, happen. Right. So, uh, and he predicted that when Trump became president, along with many other people, that the economy was going to tank and everything. So I looked at it, and it is indeed true. The last three years of his presidency, they added more jobs than Trump added in his first three years. But so then I decided to go back and start looking at presidents since, like, way back, like, Nixon. And it's funny, just like the stock market, 
pretty much every presidency has had jobs lower at the beginning and higher at the end. It's almost like the economy just keeps growing, you know? It's sort of weird. There are some bumps and everything, but generally higher on the right than it is on the left after a period of time. And so the idea that you're, you're just saying, well, see, I had all this growth. No, you had growth, but every president has had growth. Yeah. How did, how did the growth go while you were there? And a very large percentage. Pretty anemic. Exactly. That's what economists yeah. are saying. And then you get sort of these partisan economists like Paul Krugman, uh, who's such a fucking chicken shit, he won't enable comments on any of his articles. I get that he doesn't want to be bothered with it. Fine, don't read them. Yeah. But he just can't tolerate disagreement from anybody. Guys like he and Robert Reich are sitting there saying, no, 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 uh, we never said that stuff about Trump, you know. Hmm. I mean... The stock market is not the indicator of the economy. No. You can have a good stock market and a bad economy. That's not the case. It's just funny for me when people like Obama take credit for what happens after them, but no credit for what happened during. So, in other words, he had, um, you know, he's responsible for this three years of growth that Trump's had, but all that shit that he had in the beginning wasn't his and that was just so, bush but then yeah george bush should be responsible for the the growth in jobs from the obama obama economy then at the same time frame isn't it um or close like if you look at the time it started happening then you could say yeah that was from the initiatives put in place by george bush if i recall the first three years of obama's presidency it was headed downward right so and, but but you can say bush is the reason it took a while for the bush initiatives to catch up yeah. You know, that's kind of bullshit they can pull. And then yeah. as soon as Trump's, as soon as like, let's say China, since this, the uh, coronavirus seems to be a little bit bigger deal than for China, at least than people or then China would admit um, their production is going way down, way down uh, in China. And that's going to affect the economy worldwide because we get so many products from China and so many raw materials and so much from China that if this Corona thing virus is as big or bigger than they're stating, which I think it is, I think China's like not admitting how bad this is the way they're going. Uh, the economy is going to take a dip and you're saying, then Obama's is going to say, well, look at Trump, 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 Trump. You're saying you don't trust yellow people. Is that what you're saying? Um, in not so many words. Sure. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was surprised. I saw this on Tucker the other night. Um, 80% of antibiotics made in the world are manufactured in China. Kind of nuts. That's a little scary. Well, and like critical infrastructure for America should not be outsourced to anybody else. It should be handled here. Right. The difference, though, is, you know, I was watching, um, I was rewatching the, uh, the war, um, the documentary series by Ken Burns about yeah. World War II. And, you, you know, we sort of think of ourselves as this juggernaut. Uh, at the beginning of uh, World War II that came in and helped the British and everything, we weren't. We didn't have much for a standing army. We, no. But we ramped up production of everything so right. fast. But our troops at one point that were sending over there, the British were like going, these guys aren't going to last. Yeah. We don't need more of these because yeah. all they're going to do is get killed. Um, right. And there was something I saw that said, I can't remember exactly what this was, but uh, the there was a point where, like, the Ford plants in Detroit made 500 cars in, like, one year. And then the next year, as they were ramping up, 
So they made thousands of cars. Then the year they were ramping up, they made 500. Then they made four, but they cranked because they were switching over. But while they while they retooled and did that, they were they were making like a tank every hour. <laughs> wow! For like three years, they just were like, wow. Yeah, it was the amount of. It's interesting to watch that again, just to realize the shit ton of stuff we well, produced that- here, and so. If there is a dip in the economy because of a uh, of a coronavirus sort of thing, and uh, we demand we need some materials here, I fully expect someone like Trump, the way he likes to throw government money around, which is one thing I don't like about him. Right. Uh, but I didn't like that about George Bush either. Uh, I fully expect that there will be companies who go, you know what, we can fill this void in supply by building something here. I mean, yeah, just give us a break or give us a tax incentive. China built a brand new hospital in like eight days. Yeah, yeah I was going to say days, in a week. Like yeah. We could do that here. Yeah, if we have to. Right. And it wouldn't surprise me if at some point during a recession we might have to. And if they do that and find out, hey, you know, uh, we can do this because they've eased up some of the regulations on us. Well, then maybe some of that manufacturing comes over here. I believe that capitalism will solve that problem. But I think there, there's still a chance that since we're so heavily reliant on China for so much that it's going to be a dip. There's there's going to be a painful period. Right. But that might be a good thing. Yeah. yeah. In the long run, it will be. But obviously, that's going to be something that the, especially if it happens right before the elections, which seems like it, the timing kind of would be, it seems like the timing would be ripe for that. For the mm-hmm. And then they're going to, they're the there's going to be all the fear mongering from the Democrats saying, hey, this this is what Trump's giving you. And it's like they're not even putting it, obviously, into context because they don't have to because people are dumb. They'll yeah. Just listen to, what, listen to what they say. Listen, Mike Bloomberg knows his stuff. He's a big time business guy. He built a huge company and you know there's no way you could do that. He's rich, like super rich, rich in a way you could never be. So listen to Mike. It's time for smart people to run the country and all of the dummies to get out of the way and let him do the job. Mike will get it done. You may not like how he does it, but let's face it. You're not as smart as him, and it's time to put the big gulp down and let Mike tell you what to do. Really, nigga? Oh. <laughs> wasn't plugged in. Damn it. Another Mike Bloomberg ad sneaking in there, you know? I had my soundboard all, all ready to go this time. and uh, <laughs> Well, I shouldn't say it was all ready to go. I thought it was ready to go, and it wasn't. So, yeah, anyway, I'm just tired of... One thing I appreciated about George Bush is when he was not president anymore, he went away. Yeah. And I wish that's kind of like what they're supposed to do. I wish Barack Obama would do the same thing. Well, he's not. He's not uh, endorsing any candidates. He's not because he's on the Mike Bloomberg ads. What? Yeah. He's all. Haven't you seen those? Yeah, but Bloomberg's just stating. I mean, it's not like Obama's. I know, but it sure as hell looks like he's got Obama's endorsement. Right. Uh, Did you hear? Pete Buttigieg isn't gay enough. Well, with a name like Buttigieg, you think that'd <laughs> you be pretty good. Do you really need to do that? Isn't that his name? No, Boot Edge Edge. That's what I said. No, you didn't. <laughs> he's uh, he's not gay enough. He just had a rally somewhere, and he was protested by uh, an LGBTQ group, and they called AI plus. They called him a white supremacist. <laughs> Sorry, they didn't call him a white supremacist. They said he is enabling white supremacy because, okay. you know, he may be gay, but he's he's not gay enough. And he really is. He's really he's white. Very white. He's very white. Yeah. So he is enabling white supremacy. He's like Howdy Doody white. Yes. Well, so. Howdy Doody was red. 
Well, redhead. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Freckles he, that, and that's stuff. about as white as you can get. Yeah. So, Pete's not gay enough for the gays. Well, yeah, he's not. He's not. The the gays really are like the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the LGBTQIA plus WTF BBQ crowd. It, it, he's, the gay men are now the bottom of the barrel. Right? Really? Why is that? Because, well, because I'm well, not, if you're, I'm not, especially if you're, especially I'm not experienced in this. Yeah. So can you tell me? Especially if you're a white gay man. It's just because you perpetuate, you, you benefit now. You're, you're, um, you're, you've got more privilege than you've got um, oppression. Don't have enough point. intersectionality. Yeah. So, so you're still a white male and you don't have to act gay so you can get by. It's like passing privilege for trannies. If you look like Blair White, you know, you'll you'll pass for a woman and people call you she and you don't have to big, make a big stink out of it. You don't have to say, I am she, her, it, or she, her, and that's my pronouns because you need to call me. No, she doesn't have to do that. See, I'm even doing it because Blair White looks like a woman. So instinctually, you just say she or her. Yeah. So she's got. God, you're a bigot. She's got passing privilege. You're a bigot. And I keep saying she. You know, no, normally I don't do that when it comes to trannies. I bet you wouldn't even date Blair White. I would not date Blair because, White. See, because you're a bigot. Would you kiss Blair White? No. Like like on a dare? No. Like a double dog dare? No. How about a BJ? I wouldn't give her. <laughs> you, wouldn't give her you wouldn't give Blair White a BJ. <laughs> you know what? I didn't see that coming. That's so weird. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> um, do you see there's a petition to get rid of Brie Larson as Captain Marvel? No. But not the petition you would think. So, well, she is the absolute uh, horrible person. She, <laughs> I didn't see her movie she won an Oscar for. Yeah, but the room or something. everything I've seen her in, she's an absolute stiff as an actress. Yeah. Um, like oh, the unicorn wait. store. Our, see what I did? I just assigned a male term to her. Stiff. Yeah. I, um, God, I'm such a big. Yeah. Um, no, because she's not. She doesn't have enough intersectionality. Mm. See, they want to. They want her for her to be an ally. She should come out as lesbian. No, she has to step down so a black lesbian woman, can be like Captain you, yeah. could play Captain Marvel. Well, I'd take that role. I'd probably do better at it. <laughs> I think you. Did probably you hear would. about Rosario Dawson? No. So she was dating uh, Cory Booker. Right? Okay. Now he's dropped out, right? Yeah. And now she just came out as lesbian. No. Yep. God. And he, you should hear some of the stuff he wrote about or said about her when they were supposedly... Because, you know, the whole... The rumor is that Cory Booker's gay. That's the rumor. Okay. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, while he's running for president uh, through the Demo, uh, the Democratic primaries, he all of a sudden is dating Rosario Dawson. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't he like crowing about it? He's just well, like, it wasn't oh. crowing. It was like kind of pathetic. It was like almost like a teenage girl how he was talking about how beautiful it was and oh, how he didn't. Oh, I know, see what didn't, you did yeah, there. Yeah, and he didn't know he didn't know the depth of this, that, and the other, and his feelings and blah. I I know, I, I could pull it up and it's just cringy. And then, uh, but then all of a sudden, it's all he's all done. He's stepped. You know, he's not going to make it anymore. Now all of a sudden, she's like she feels comfortable. Be like, okay, whew, enough being your fucking beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you? Have you heard the whole theory that uh, Lindsey Graham's gay? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the reason that he was always so quiet before John McCain died was that John McCain had all this dope Dirt. on him and yeah. him being gay and everything. I've heard all that. And 
my response to that is, okay, so John McCain knew, but nobody else knew. Lindsey Graham is just and, a confirmed bachelor. And listen to Lindsey Graham talk. And if Lindsey Graham's not gay, hey, my apologies, dude. I thought you were. He's as manly as they get with his confirmed bachelorness. But who the fuck cares? Yeah. I thought we're not supposed to care. I don't care that he drinks mint juleps at the Preakness. <laughs> hey, a lot of people do that. <laughs> Does he wear the big fluffy hat, though? <laughs> So, yeah, Brie Larson is now getting it from both sides because she's not, she's not, uh, she's too white and she's well, too heterosexual. And, and she's just a fucking hard person to deal with. Like you've seen, I've seen all the junkets, the interviews when she was promoting the movie, not just Captain Marvel, but the Avengers stuff with the other actors. And she was just a stick in the fucking mud. Yeah. Don Cheadle and Jeremy Renner did not look like they liked being no. around her. Oh, even uh, Chris Hemsworth was a fucking with her. Yeah. Like he was talking about her stunt work or whatever, and she was acting like she did all of her own stunts. He's like, whatever. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I like the one where she's like, of course, I'm stronger. And he's like, sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> As your president, Mike Bloomberg will unite the country. He will get everyone back to work. Well, except for those 15 to 25-year-old minority men. Everyone knows they're a problem. He'll straighten them out in due time. But before that, he'll provide good jobs for everyone. We need to get the men of this country back to work. Sure, the women, too, but Mike knows they aren't as smart as men. That's why he'll find them jobs that even they can do. Mike will even make life better for farmers. <laughs> Those big, dumb, dumb... <laughs> you couldn't even get through it. I couldn't. Aww. Because with Mike as your supreme leader, um, I mean, president, everyone will be better off. Really, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> I, love I love you couldn't even get through it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Rumor has it they get worse. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, this is serious business. The big dumb dummies line always gets me. Because you know what I think of? I can't remember. Way back, we were doing a podcast one time, and, and you said something about Trump, and I said, he's a big dumb dummy, and you've lost. lost it. Every time I hear that phrase, I picture you laughing. <laughs> it's a great it's a great phrase. <laughs> so, big dumb baby. Oh, I, I finally got my soundboard working at least so I can respond, but I don't have that ching sound effect. I really need that. Um, I thought this article was interesting. <laughs> Bernie Sanders' campaign says that Fox is more fair than MSNBC. It tends to happen. So this is from... Uh, Didn't Tulsi Gabbard did the same thing? National Review. Tulsi said the same thing. Sanders' campaign manager slams MSNBC, says Fox is, quote, more fair. Uh, Bernie Sanders' campaign manager, I'm going to butcher this name, Faiz Shakir, F-A-I-Z, Shakir, has accused MSNBC of employing, quote, double standard, unquote, in the coverage of the Vermont senator, claiming in an interview published Tuesday that Fox News is more fair in critiquing Sanders' progressive platform. Uh, that's saying something, uh, Shakir told Vanity Fair. Fox is often yelling about Bernie Sanders' socialism, but they're still giving our campaign the opportunity to make a case in a fair manner, unlike MSNBC which has credibility with the left and is constantly undermining uh, the Bernie Sanders campaign. Hmm. Uh, it's a con <laughs> uh, He added that MSNBC regularly criticizes Sanders' base with disdain. It's, it's a condescending attitude. Oh, they must not be intelligent. They're being deluded. They're being conned. They're crazy Twitter bots, Shakir said. My view is that a bit, there's a bit of detachment from MSNBC and the people 
who this campaign gets support from. It feels like they're covering progressives from an elitist perspective. Now, there's some irony for you. Mm-hmm. Sanders is is as elitist as they get. Well, no, he's a, he's a man of the people. Yeah, sure he is. That's why he lives in three homes. Uh, following the Iowa caucuses earlier this month, MSNBC contributor James Carville warned that Sanders, if nominated, would fare no better than the U.K.'s Labor Party Jeremy Corbyn, who was crushed in a December election by Boris Johnson. Okay. Uh, we're talking about people voting from jail cells. We're talking about not having a border. I don't want the Democratic Party in the United States to be the Labor Party in the United Kingdom. And I think there's some danger of that happening, the former Bill Clinton strategist said. He later argued to Vox that Sanders has never been a Democrat and is instead an ideologue. Uh, Raven sent us that article. That's uh, I think that's hilarious that the Sanders campaign is saying that Fox treats them better. <laughs> That's just like that uh, – I posted it to the Facebook page. There was a woman uh, who, who was a – said she's been a 20-year Democrat, went to a Trump rally and said, people there were, like, super nice to me. Of course. She goes, I told them I was a Democrat. And they're like, yeah, come on in. Yeah. You know? And she said, you know, I voted for Clinton. I voted for Obama. And she goes, I'm not voting for any of these yahoos. She goes, I don't know if I'll vote for Trump. She voted in the Vermont primary for a Democrat. Uh, she voted for Pete Buttigieg. She goes, because I think he could do a good job. She goes, but after this, I'm changing my registration to independent. Yeah. Now, I always look at those things a little skeptically and say, we're just supposed to take your word for it that you're a Democrat? How do we know you're yeah. not just writing this? But it is it is interesting. Well, the thing so. about – I think the, the left or the Democrats, not regular Democrats, but the politically invested ones that are very, you know um, – you know, into the whole scene, they treat politics like uh, like a like team sports. So they're not trying to convince the other team that their ideas are better. They just want to fucking beat them, right? Yeah. Whereas Republicans, it seems to me, I've met many, many, many Republicans, and that are very politically, you know, invested, that aren't trying to go. We need to fuck those guys up. They're like, we need to convince them they're wrong. So if somebody comes, they're like constantly trying to and i am trying trying to engage with them and go hey here's the idea can we talk about it you know uh here i'm going to try to convince you of why i feel how i feel whereas their attitude is not trying to convince you it's trying to shut you down or trying to basically like like bernie bernie bros they say we need to win so we can put them in the gulags re-education centers you know we're not going to try to convince you we're going to either get rid of you or we're going to force you to comply yeah and that's the that's the difference in attitude between the left and the right right now and I'm not talking about like your general Democrat Republicans that are just like, oh, I'm Republican, I'm Democrat, and I vote, and I don't. They don't get engaged. But the ones that are very engaged, that's the difference in attitude I've seen. Well, and and let's face it, the Republicans have been in that spot before. Yeah, there's been that. Um, what is it? The religious right kind of aspect of the Republicans for a well, while there. The whole McCarthyism thing. And- McCarthyism, it wasn't wrong. There was uh, a lot of communist fucking infiltration into american institutions i, I think then. they made it a lot worse than it was okay true and i think they took it to uh sort of religious fervor kind of level possibly yeah when you're when you're calling people out and basically saying name names yeah you know no you're you're right but but they're but they act like it was like unfounded altogether and i'm like no there's a reason it happened and it might have went overboard but it wasn't unfounded to begin with the nra is evil and mike bloomberg knows it they give guns to black and brown kids and tell them to shoot each other. Mike Bloomberg will put a stop to that. He'll throw 
those darkies up against a wall and take those guns from them. And then he'll hunt the NRA down and make them pay for ruining your life. Those racist bigots in the NRA have to be made to pay for their sins against humanity. And Mike Bloomberg is the guy to send the his jackbooted thugs to get it done. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> I don't know. These these ads are getting a little more intense. A little spicy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> now, if you get through them without laughing, we might actually I, get a, a, a dollar or two from them. I don't know. I can't help it. <laughs> so did you know Bernie Sanders um, wrote a uh, poem or poetry before he was in politics? Oh, I know where you're going with this. Do you know what it was about? Yeah, it was like about rape or it was, something. It was, was a rape it? poetry about oh, a married woman fantasizing about being raped by three men. While she was having sex with her husband, but uh, you know, there, it's it's all about context, so it's been explained away, and he's disavowed it pretty much. So. Well, it's like every time I I point out what a white supremacist you are, you always say no, it's taken out of context. You never deny it. You just say. Do you want to hear some of it? <laughs> Do I? I wish I could do a good Bernie. A man goes home and <laughs> masturbates his typical fantasy: a woman on her knees, a woman tied up, a woman abused. A woman enjoys intercourse with a man as she fantasizes about being raped by three men simultaneously. The man and woman get dressed up on Sunday and go to church, or maybe to their revolutionary political meeting. Is this a poem? That's supposed to be poetry, yes. Or is this just something he wrote in his journal? Have you ever looked at the Stag Man Hero Tough magazines on the shelf of your local bookstore? All right, honestly, you're making me uncomfortable with this. It's gross. Yeah, it's The guy's a gross dude. And the thing is, I don't know, understand. Like, he might have... um, he might have, like, uh, you know, there might be some context to this, and there might be some explaining away to us, but he's a fucking creeper. And the guy is a socialist. I'm not even going to say so. He's a communist. He, he hung out with communists his whole life. He's, he wants communism. Well, what he's, what he's espousing is not socialism. If you listen to what he's saying, it's communism. The no billionaires, all that, that's communist. It's not socialist. Yeah. So, but let me ask you this, say, I know, I know you said you didn't go to college, but if you had a writing assignment or something, I can't think of where you wouldn't have this other than in college where they said you wanted, they wanted you to write some dark kind of thing like this for writing something from your, from the opposite of what you believe in order to prove that you can try to, could you even write a rape fantasy kind of thing? I, I wouldn't. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. So sometimes they have you do like in debate. They say, okay, what do you believe? And you go, I believe A as opposed to B. And they go, I want you to write as if you're being paid to to argue uh, the other argue side. the other side. Yeah. I can say I did a lot of did a lot of public address stuff in college. Mm-hmm. And they would, I mean, in the middle of a debate, they would say, all right, switch sides. And you got to start arguing the other side. And That's good. I it. like that because it keeps you understanding what they're going to do to it to, to try to trip you up or try to try to so it's good to do that well it gets your ideology out of your argument yeah you know but like this stuff I, i'm honestly uncomfortable listening to that bernie sanders stuff i can't imagine any situation where i would write something even close to that yeah it's just creepy but the the left seems to give a pass to just pretty much anything nowadays yeah. You know, that 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 they would that they would try to impeach the president for, you know. Yeah, I. No, it's it makes me uh, it makes me uncomfortable just listening to that, and I don't know why anyone would. I, I think of that line from uh, Deadwood the show you and I both liked with um, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant, and he he 
you know, there's this one line that a guy uses on him. It says, look, we all have bloody thoughts. And everybody, I think, has got dark thoughts at some point in their life. I don't know if a lot of people get that dark. And if they are, I certainly hope they wouldn't put it down on paper. But right. I just I can't even imagine thinking like that. Yeah. You know? So, ugh. Mike Bloomberg is rich, but the good kind of rich. He didn't steal his money from poor people like all those other rich people in the country, like that evil son of a bitch Jeff Bezos. Bezos and his company have taken billions of hard-earned scraps from the stupid poor of the country. Uh, no, Jeff Bezos and his ilk must be made to pay. Mike Bloomberg won't seize their wealth like that socialist Bernie Sanders. No, Mike will... <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Mike, You're ruining it. I know. I am. Mike will fight them in the streets Come on, Rister. with his own two hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mike will kick Jeff Bezos' ass <laughs> on pay-per-view with some, with some of the money going to charity. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's worse. You got more? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get this no. one. And when Mike is standing up on a step stool <laughs> over Jeff Bezos' broken body, you'll know that you chose the right man to ruin, uh, run the country. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. That was pretty good if you could make it through it. I couldn't have done that it. That was clever. Oh, my God. Oh, that was good. I wrote that about an hour before we did the podcast, and I, I was trying to do it just to, I don't know. I shouldn't say I was laughing at my own material, but I thought it was pretty good. It was pretty good. <laughs> oh, we'll have, to, we'll have to get a professional uh, uh, announcer to, to do this no from kidding. now on, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I didn't have time to get somebody, oh. though. Um, Democratic primaries tonight. What do you think? Uh, so Bloomberg's going to be the first time there. He yeah. bought his way in, so and everybody's pissed. All the all the other Dems are pissed. So I want to see if they actually like take it to him, or I mean, are they, are they gonna? I mean, obviously they're gonna do the whole like hate the rich bullshit. That's that's pretty much where they're gonna go with him, right? Except Booty Jizz, he already kind of came out saying, "No, I'll take money from from rich people. It's not a big deal." So he can't really go after Bloomberg. Well, they're calling him. Not only is he not gay enough, they're calling him Wall Street Pete. Yeah. People are yelling that at his rally. But do you think he, he's not going to just switch and go, you know, fuck this rich guy? He's not going to go down that road. So he's probably the only one that's not going to do that, has, take that tack. Has Pete ever gone after anybody? I think he only sort of does it defensively. That's true. Uh, what about, what do you think Klobuchar is going to do? Aiming? She's going to try to, like, weasel her way in. To kind of, she needs to get, like, attention. So she's going to do something to get attention tonight. Did you hear the clip uh, on uh, the radio show with us in the morning, Justice and Drew here in the cities, um, it, the clip they were playing of her talking to the Nevada Food and Beverage Union employees. Oh, God, yes. It was so uncomfortable. My uh, my name in, uh, in in Spanish class in fourth grade was uh, was Elena, E-L-L-A. Because I, I couldn't roll my R's. Uh, <laughs> you're just like. There's no R's in Amy. Yeah, and they well, and I, I get what she was doing because, you, like, they were saying you get a you like when you take Spanish. Sometimes you take a Spanish name or whatever class you're taking. You take the a, a name that's typically, um, but she wouldn't take a name that had R's in it. 
you know, Elena because she can't roll her R's. But then they pointed out it does did sound like she was speaking to like a group of fourth graders. It was it it was uncomfortable. It was like um uh yeah. Yeah, you could tell she was waiting for like kind of a, a, a chuckle moment where they'd like the crowd would laugh and it never came. So she got really nervous. It sounded to me like she was she sounded like someone who realized there was a lot riding on this and she had to do it right. And she didn't. And it was not. And she knew she wasn't doing yeah, it right. Yeah, she wasn't. Yeah, so. she has no. She has no charisma, whatsoever. So, well, isn't and I don't know where they get these rankings, but isn't she like voted by uh, former staff members as like the worst? Yeah, the worst to work for. for. Yeah, she, and you say, but well, she says she holds people to a high standard. That's her excuse. Well, they'll they'll say, well, people will say, well, that's uh, that's her former employees, right? But they do it with all. Yeah, everybody People across the board, on, yeah. they, they do that. So it's all former employees. So nobody has been as bad as her to, for former employees to speak yeah. up about. So. so much for a Minnesota nice, you bitch. How do you think uh, Biden's going to deal with it? Well, what I I did see, before I tell you how what I think, I did see a thing that said uh, maybe the best strategy for everybody with Bloomberg, because he's going to come in there with his dukes up, don't take any ignore shots him. at him. Yeah, just ignore him. Don't yeah. give him any time, because he's going he's gonna to put all his energy – into because he's been taking a beating with this, you know, the throw the fifteen to or sixteen to twenty five year old minorities yeah. up against a wall and take their guns and white people don't commit and, crimes and black people don't know how to work or they don't know how to they they can't function in a job. Yeah, I forgot that yeah, one. So he, I mean, he's, I mean, it's pretty pretty easy to go against him. Yeah. So they're he, not going to be able to resist. By the way, they're going to go after him. I know, but I I saw a thing that just said, hey, maybe they should ignore him, and I thought. You know, maybe Sanders could ignore him, like he kind of ignored Clinton, and maybe uh, maybe Buttigieg could get away with that because that's sort of been his mo. But Biden, Klobuchar, and Warren have to make points, and Klobuchar will, and they got go him, after him. They got to make it on on him. And, and Elizabeth Warren will absolutely go against him. Yeah, she's she's all about fucking hating the rich. Well, her whole thing going after Bernie, yeah, failed miserably. Yeah, so she'll she'll pivot to him, thinking that'll give her points. Yeah, she's she's. I gotta believe she and Klobuchar are out after this. Well, maybe Amy will hang in there, but but I think she Joel just hang in because he keeps hearing that he's a front runner by you know what I don't know. I love all these, and I love all these general polls where they go, uh, you know, in a general poll, all these all these uh, candidates beat Trump. Well, yeah, but we don't vote generally; we vote by state. Yeah. So. Until we get rid of the Electoral College. Like, that's ever going to fucking happen. Well, I mean, that's the, the left nowadays is either communist, socialist, the ones that are the most vocal. And uh, Rush said something about this that's kind of interesting. Rush Limbaugh said that. Who's he? Never <laughs> that, um, you know, people go, oh, it's just a vocal minority. It's just the Twitter crowd that's that that you're hearing for the voice of the Democrats. It's not, you know, the, not your average Democrat. And he goes, and Rush doesn't believe that. He goes, he goes, you're hearing what the Democrat party has become. And it's basically Rob or um, Rob uh, Peter to pay Paul. It's, it's, uh, and that's the least of it. And also the, you know, the hate the rich and um, capital capitalism, bad socialism, good communism. Great. Um, that that's what they are nowadays. Yeah, see, I don't know if I believe that. I think there's something like less than 5% of the population is on Twitter, but everybody treats it like Twitter is where all the information is. I just, I think there's a very loud 
minority. And by minority, I mean like 30%. But I think 70% of Democrats are tired of hearing the stuff they're hearing. I think... uh, And they'll either sit it out or they'll go, Trump ain't that bad. Yeah. Well, what there's like supposedly a whisper network or whisper voters, basically the Democrats that are going to vote for Trump. That's what people are guessing is going to happen. Well, what I love is the, the, the surveys where they go, well, we asked 3,000 people on the street who they were going to vote for. Let me ask you something. If you, just, if you had someone walk up and stick a microphone in your face and say, who are you going to vote for? Are you going to vote for Trump or whatever? Would you say Trump? I would, but, uh, but that's because I'm loud and proud about it right now. I just – I wouldn't want to fucking deal with it. Yeah. I'm 50-50 whether I'd say Trump I actually, or not. I actually put a Trump bumper sticker in my car now finally. And I'm gonna put the the lawn sign on my, in my yard, and I, I'm I, either side of me is like a Bernie bro on the left, and um, a resist sticker on their car on the right with the with the sign that says "We welcome everybody but whites here." So that's gonna be me in the middle of the. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Right? Yeah, you should put whites welcome on yours. <laughs> everybody, including whites, it's okay to be white, and then a big okay <laughs> hand. Oh my god! Yeah. So I can't even be around you right mm-hmm. now. I can't look at you just like I can't read those Mike Bloomberg ads. <laughs> no, they're getting pretty progressively harder and harder. They both made me laugh way too hard. So, uh, speaking of which, Mike Bloomberg thinks Trump is a big bully. As president, Mike Bloomberg will have Donald Trump killed. Anyone who doesn't like, well, anyone who doesn't like it, well, look out one for Trump. So listen up, dummy. Mike Bloomberg is smarter than you, a lot smarter. You should... Do what smart people tell you to do if you know what's good for you. And if you don't, well, maybe it's time to start stop and frisking everyone. Mike Bloomberg is going to be our president. Mike will tell you what to eat, where to work, and how much you'll like it. And you'll do it because you're about as smart as a farmer and someone has to tell you what to, how to save yourself. <laughs> One Bloomberg to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, we're probably coming up on time. We are. We, we didn't even get to Would You Rather. No Would You Rather's this time. Right. But uh, it was a chock full episode. We couldn't we couldn't squeeze those in. No. So, but if you'd like to get a hold of us and uh, tell us that you really are upset that we didn't have any Would You Rather's this episode, uh, it's a rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. Or if you just want to make fun of me not being able to get through the ads, <laughs> well deserved. Laughing at your own copy at your own <laughs> jokes i couldn't help it uh, sorry man um look us up on facebook too bread and circuses podcast see you bye